have Future Wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg, Warren. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Two Units Podcast. Big weekend of racing. A little bit off the beat here, though. Cramp and Cup, the gong. We've got Group One racing in Perth, the railway stakes. She's hot, hot, hot over there. All about normal segments, as always, on the show with a supper and pack your nags. My name's Nick Foote. Joining me is the great man, the Sultan. Salts, welcome, mate. Footy, great to be here, mate. And let's just get this over and done with off the top. You're global and trending. You're, you're national radio and trending. I tuned in. Um, I was busy today, but I tuned in on Wednesday and I was very impressed, mate. You driving big V racing. So, you know, this is a guy that um, a few years ago, he was paying 50s and and at the, the the very slight chance of any sort of precip- precipitation, he was dragging his year eight class in to watch movies. <laughs> now he's playing 50s and, and hosting national radio. So you've come a long way, mate. I'm, I was very proud of you listening in. I thought it was like you'd done it 100 times. <laughs> Thanks, mate. And I, if there is rain outside, I'll still pop on Coach Carter three or four times a year. Don't <laughs> worry <laughs> about that. We'll still get that going. Still roll the TV in, mate, or get the Chromecast happening. <laughs> sort of VHS operator. Yeah. You, you, Remember they used to come used out to on those four yeah. wheels? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, the, that was the best ever. You'd see your teacher roll it in and you'd be like, oh, we're on here. Yeah, um, yeah but if I tell you guys, footy, one drop of rain, movie. <laughs> one, de- one degree over 33, movie. It was a real slacker. I used to hire the theatre out. I used to hire the theatre out and the drama yeah, you got teachers used it. to blow up at me because <laughs> we used to hire a theatre out and give the kids an absolute titantron in there. <laughs> <laughs> this fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. Mate, I forgot to say off the top, there you go, muscles. Has he <laughs> been there, Chief? Then it was, geez, we'll, sort of trending. We'll get there in packing out. It's supper time, mate. Uh, great performances from the week gone by. Speaking of global, global and trending, I congratulated you last week on the show, so you won't get the congratulations this week, even though you did a bloody yeah. good job on your Group 1 debut. Um, Thousand Guineas Day. She's, it's a real, been a real pat on the back episode thus far. Um, yeah. One thing that caught my eye from the Thousand Guineas meet at Caulfield was uh, was the great man Cuzzy Walker, and you had some great synergy with the Cuz. There was like it, that was palpable through the Racing.com coverage. But Cuzzy's coming to the supper this week because his ability to self insert is group one stuff. I, the, the way that I almost thought it was farewell Cuzzy and D Oliver Day <laughs> at Caulfield. He was at the end of the it was at the end of the tunnel. We were shaking hands. They had all the current jockeys out in the yard mm. and the Cuz was in the back row. It was absolutely brilliant. There's one thing we do here and it is celebrate self-insertion and he's a group one self-inserter. Mate, he got his head up that close to the camera. It looked like the moon. He was so close. But he was telling me as well, he said, oh, I said, mate, what about you getting involved when he when he came back? I said, geez, what about you making sort of all these farewell about you? And he said, reckons the producers were 
were pushing him in and he was banging on all day. He wanted Ollie to, to ride a winner so bad and he kept saying it was for Damien Oliver, but he just wanted a free beer from the <laughs> yeah. MRC because he good bloke Cuzzy. And when he when I, I first met him, he actually legitimately introduced himself as Cuzzy Bra. So we love <laughs> a bit of third person. And hey, something with, that the units love is South Park, and it's well documented. <clears throat> we're we're big SP fans. Trey and Matt, just the absolute goats. Well, it turns out my new favourite trainer, Graham Begg, is also a big South Park man as well because on the Racing.com tweet when they put up the photo of Miravale, who was just nosed out by Brazen style at um, big odds there at Caulfield on Saturday, he, the stable replied with an, an Eric Cartman meme. And I just thought that was the type of behaviour from a stable that, that it needs to be rewarded, congratulated. They're quite busy on the Twitter, the Graham Meg stable, so it can sort of get lost a little bit in there. So wanted to draw attention to our man, Eric Cartman, and, and the use of his uh, giffy. I appreciate it too. He's a he, speaking of group ones. He's a group one celebrator too. Graham Begg. He was going off his face. And stuff yeah, was he after Magic <laughs> Time saluted? It was good scenes. He had a bit of energy about him. I, re- mm. I reckon he celebrated about twenty years younger than his actual age. So people that can celebrate younger than what they actually are, I think that that's that's sort of. I like that. For, yeah, it's a good assessment. Yeah, yeah, he was he was up and about. He had a bit of a pep in his step. Speaking of celebrators, these segues are flawless tonight. Travis off your head. He's coming to the suffer. Oh, yeah. It's his new nickname, off ya. He's coming to the suffer <laughs> because he's one of. I'm not off him, but he's he's off your head. It was one of the great. Uh, obviously, Cricket World Cup, um, you're going to talk a little bit about mm. that as well in the supper. But it's one of the all-time great celebrations, which matched one of the all-time great one-day performances. And, mate, I think I've seen some news articles um, of Australians landing back at home here. And Travis Head's got a 2020 game to play and he's still celebrating. And they reckon he's absolutely in doubt because he's 30, he's T minus 36 hours till the, till the coin toss and he hasn't been cited. That series being played is an absolute joke. Let, oh. him, let him come home. We might get to that in a little bit as well. But on that theme as well, so watching the pregame, the, the anthem, I've spoken on the show before about Australian rules footballers not singing the anthem and it being a bugbear of mine. You have a look at the Australians prior to the Cricket World Cup final. They were arm in arm. They were swaying side to side and they were yelling out the anthem. They were singing it at the top of their lungs, every one of them. And it was a moment where I sort of sat back on my couch and I was just proud to be an Australian. I'm always proud to be an Australian. But you see moments like that on the world stage and in in front of that many Indian supporters in the crowd, our anthem was playing and they were doing it an absolute service and it flowed in that that energy the respect for their anthem and their country it flowed into the game with the fielding in the first innings well said it's it's often it's a bit of an anomaly our anthem and the ability for us to be patriotic around it like you only got to you go to a bloody see a pre-season game in any american sport not even your sort of the real stuff and they're going off their head and they bring in absolute rock stars to put it out but it's something we haven't quite nailed yet so maybe maybe that's you're onto something early markets there salts it might be trending (laughs) trending in the right direction uh i've got one invite here tony tubber williams is coming along so He's 62 years old, Tubba, and he was a former apprentice jockey in the late 70s. I'm not sure if you've seen this story, Sultan. 
He rode four winners as a apprentice in the seventies, battled with his weight and just left the sport, took, didn't leave the sport, left that um, part of the sport and took and went into bloodstock. He's now set himself earlier this year, he was a hundred kilos earlier this year, and he set himself a goal to race ride again. And he's lost close to 40 kilos and he's got 40. three. He's 40 kilos, 62 That's 40% years old. of his body weight. Yeah, and he's got three rides at the Bong Bong Picnics this no. weekend. So he's had a 44-year absence from the, from the saddle and he's back in it this weekend, three rides, Bong Bong Picnics. It's an outrageous story. How good is that? Well done, Tubber. And uh, he's going to keep his nickname because Australians love an ironic nickname <laughs> yeah. anyway. Hundred percent, and even if you're like skinny, pe- people would just call you Tubber because you're skinny. So like, yeah, well, they're they already now anyway. Name, mate. Yeah. yeah, it's it's spot on. So if Tubber can't come to the supper and have an absolute feed after well, he's have- wasted, he's wasted forty kilos to get a ride at Bong Bong. <laughs> That's commitment. <laughs> that goal regulation size are what? Oh, you will listen to every damn word I have to say. I've seen no fingerpaintings you bring home and they suck. I'll come. Pack your nags time. Uh, nice little list here on packing eggs on the run sheet tonight. Salts, which tells me we've got a few things to send packing. Pew, pew. Choke on that, baby. Shooter McGavin, the greatest movie villain of all time. I love the fact that the actual actor, Christopher McDonald, I, I, I think that's his name, he just milks it he, he goes around as still being shooter he knows that he's shooter and, and he's typecast for life and one thing i loved seeing shooter mcgavin break his maiden the other day it actually was it a bansdale yeah bansdale i think yep jason maskell riding jason maskell he crosses the line he he, he gives it the shooter he he blows out the tip of the the weapon he's doing pew pews coming back into the mounting yard i thought it was brilliant and we clearly love anything sandler related and Sandler sent Shooter packing in the um, Waterbury Open, but uh, Shooter's got one back on him now. <laughs> Absolutely. Got that. <laughs> um, hey, uh, global and trending are three words that are synonymous with that 42 units at the moment. Let's, let's just... Let's just be, Head for radio. Let's just be, let's be honest. <laughs> Voice for TV, though, Salts. Voice for TV. Uh, not even. Um, so the tweet that's gone out today got called Chief twice by the new barista at my local this morning. It was on receipt of payment, so... Um, got one for my wife too. That'll be nine fifty. Thanks, Chief. And then picked it up. Yeah, that's have a good day, thanks, Chief. <laughs> and I've sort of walked out wondering where my life's at. Um, <laughs> so, um, and it's, it's the, the predicament. Salts is it's such good coffee, and he's just such a cockhead. This bloke, like he's oh. the real. He's your classic yeah. inner city hipster that's 22. and it's just So he's definitely not listening to this. Nah, no nah, way. Yeah. He'd, he'd be holding the signs out. <laughs> he would have been at the Flemington Kensington <laughs> Bolt Club. <laughs> he, actually wrote, he actually wrote a poem that he read. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an ode to the Melbourne Cup, actually, this guy wrote. <laughs> nah, um, anyway, this, what I've done is I thought this tweet i was like i'll go with it it'll probably get four likes that's pretty good <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's got 275 likes and it's but the, the most amazing thing about it is 
it's actually had 135 responses and it's just people calling me muscles champ <laughs> big wheels yeah, chief telling me to embrace it calling yeah. me tiger mate yeah, it's I, just I like it everyone yeah, likes it you you deserve it you've got a you've obviously got a crap coffee order like it's just i've just been i've just been sent even it's, more you just gotta take it i just tried to bring something to the table and it's just turned into it's just turned on to me so <laughs> i don't know if it's good or bad but it's trending yeah. either way it, it gave me a laugh i will say that I think the tweet had six likes until me and Daniel Moore stepped in and replies. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's sort of taken off since. But no, yeah. I got a good laugh out of that. You know what I got a good laugh out of as well is the predictability of Indian commentators and fans oh. alike after we not we didn't nose them out in the World Cup final. We gave them a good old-fashioned shellacking. Oh, I went searching for it after the game because oh. I love I love social media Indian sooks and I went searching for it and I was typing the dumbest keywords into my Twitter just to like <laughs> see if I could find anything and I just wanted to sit back and watch the arguments unfold. Oh, it's so good. This, this, they get so angry. I saw something funny from Daniel Gorringe on Twitter today. Actually, I, I did laugh at this. Yeah. Um. Not being ironic, I did laugh at this. Yeah, so, yeah. So, we'll, we'll so yeah, yeah, they've they, come for him. They've, he said Travis Head's king. So someone's replied, your mother is fucking. Okay. Uh, the other one, you are the boy of a pimp sister. Laughy emoji. <laughs> just incoherent stuff. And it was just so predictable. They've completely lost it. Sanjay Mandreka, uh used to be a batsman for India. He's going on about how the conditions were just ideal for Australia and it's a disgrace that the toss has won the game. Well, you prepared the pitch. You, you, you prepared it to be a spinner. In in all the commentary, all they were talking about was um the fact that the game was decided because we sent them in. Well, Rohit Sharma said they were going to bat first anyway. You got pumped. We won eight in a row and we kept New Zealand at 210 and you to 240 after You'd, you'd both made near on 400 against each other, which is better than you in big games. Best of threes for losers. It's about getting it mo- right in the big moment. And um, just the responses were just so predictable and I, I just adored it. It's so true. I could not echo that anymore. <laughs> the 28-year-old male is one of the greatest pages for numerous <laughs> reasons on socials, but their ability to just, to just hook, line and sinker some Indians... <laughs> After the cricket is great. This just the one three days ago here. Tag an Indian cricket fan so they are able to acknowledge Australia as their father. I'll start. <laughs> he goes, I'll start. And then tags Indian cricket team and Virat Kohli and Vanessa Amorosi. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely everybody. So good. Oh, that's oh. good. And, and look, just quickly while we're on that, um, NASA Hussein as well, he said that, uh, look, England, they had a big summer. They had the ashes and they were just worn out by the time it came to the Cricket World Cup and they were, that was their excuse. Okay, well, Australia went to England early and beat India again in the final in the World Test Championship. We then played the ashes, retained them, and then for some reason we went to South Africa and played a series and then we went to India and then lost our first two games, still won eight in a row, but then won the tournament. So, yeah, not, not an excuse, NASA. <laughs> How do you like them apples? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> what else you say? Hey, should, should I talk about? Should we? We should probably talk about racing just for a couple. Very just true. To fi- just to finish off. And, yeah. Um, 
oh, I've been holding on to this one for a few days and I'm still I'm actually still mad and it's just the Caulfield track. And there's differing views on this and there's been arguments made with backed up with data from very, very, very respected sources, kings in the industry mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in Dan Sullivan. And like, you know, I'm never going to, I'll probably agree with everything he's ever said until this, that to, to come across and sort of allude to there being no bias, the track at Caulfield on thousand day, it's, that's comical to me. And what that dished up after four weeks off was a disgrace for punters. So only the day was over come race three. Like I was like, oh, my bets, my bets are cast. And in the tipping game, and when you're doing a thousand shows like the Sultan, and you're going on and you're doing your form on Thursday, it's bloody impossible and it's tough. And I spoke to Tony McAvoy and Bo Mertz today on radio as well. And like, these are guys in the industry that are just like it, it's cooked. Mitch Friedman was very vocal about it mm. as well with Skybird in the feature race. Cannot make ground. Lanes one and two were absolute dynamite. They were they were bloody cut down to they were like a um, skin fade, mate, in comparison to the outer lanes. And I know a little yeah. bit about skin fades. And the, there were some outliers in the results, but I, I agree it was biased. I got there walk the track. Now I've only been walking tracks for a year, so there's there's infinitely better track walkers than me. But I will say I have actually I'm not bad at it. I'm not bad. There's people better than me. By far, but I, I'm not the worst at it. I got there straight away. I sent out a saver hypothetical. I walked the inside lanes and say, well, my best bet's Sharipa, but hypothetical is just going to be hard to beat. And, and you look at what happened across the day, and there was a bias. The, the grass was shorter, the, and, it, and it, worked, it walked probably half a point firmer as well. So you, you think about you going for a run, right? Mm. Um, it, who's who's going to win a running race? People with equal abilities. The person running on the, the short grass or the person running on the grass that's three inches longer. And it was as simple as that. If the rail was three metres, the track would have been perfect. No, nah, agreed. And it probably outlines some of the bigger performances early, earlier in the car. Cliff Brown's runner that was was very good. And then like you get them overdoing it, don't you? You get to the Group 1, Magic Time, and Sir Rupert Clark, where they're just going helter-skelter. And then, you know, it becomes a tempo-related. Mm. One more thing about racing before we get into the specs, special edition of the specs this week, might I add. Um, protests. I... I don't understand. Now, I, I had a bet in this race, but I, I am—I can be quite objective about things. You know, once, once time passes as well. And I just don't understand about the beaten margin being quoted about a protest and saying we're not sure if it would have would have won. Well, look at Dunkeld on the weekend. Three horses got in front of the runner-up and the runner-up fought back. Look at Gentleman Roy. Um, I think it was the CF4 earlier that was run mm. at Sandown. Uh, I had to bet in the race, but the, the fact that protest took half an hour was silly because he, it should have just been upheld straight away because he broke the rules of racing. And, and he's a tough guy. He, he might have kept fighting if the eventual winner of that race, name escapes me, for Price can actually um, got in front. He could have fought back. It's all hypothetical, but he broke the rules. And when you break the rules, you shouldn't, you're not winning on merit. So the mm. beaten margin... It, it's it's sort of like saying in umpiring, right? Dustin Martin is um, one out in the goal square on a, on a little weasel, and it gets plonked on their head. and And Dusty takes a contested mark, but in doing so, he pushes the guy off in the face instead of the chest. Well, the umpire doesn't say, "Oh, well, he would have marked it anyway." It doesn't matter if he would have marked it or what would have happened. He broke the rules in the process of it, and if you break the rules, then 
you shouldn't benefit from it. Mm, It's a terrific analogy too. And you speak of the protest that was at Kyoto on Monday. Mm. I was was working that as well. Mm. And and Jack and I was the horse with Gentleman Roy, I think. Is it Jack and I? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I agree. Like there's so much emphasis put on the margin, which is that's after the fact. The crime's been done. Yeah, the, the mar- and now we're and now we're putting the emphasis on the, the crime. The, mar- the, the margin, the margin at the end. Well, well, that nothing of that margin plays out if the offence never occurred. Now, I don't know what the rules are with the stewards, and if I'm assuming margins in some sort of criteria or rubric that they've put together, mm. but it doesn't make sense. It's the most contradictory thing ever because then you're arguing about something that's happened after. Anyway, and I could go around guessing. in circles with yeah. that all day. That is um, outrageous. But a very well-balanced uh, pack in ags there because it's it opened up with some Shooter McGavin and finished with some serious protest talks. <laughs> when they're galloping to the gates, there's only one place to bet. Top Sport, the home of horse racing. Whether you're a sprinter or a stayer or just a fashion-conscious player, go the distance with bigger bet limits and top odds on every race, every time. Download the app for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Yes, welcome back to the Two Units podcast. And I bring to you today a very special edition of the Specs segment. Of course, always proudly supported by our great mates at Top Sport. And this week, it is Foots Specs. Yes, Footy is driving the train with the Specs this week. I'm going to host this segment. I've had a look at a little bit of form, but I just want to bide my time and marinate on a few things. And Footy's dived into Cranburn for the most part and also had a little bit of a double over at uh, Ascot, where, as you mentioned on the top of the program, it's going to be hot, hot, hot. So, footy, let's kick things off at Cranbourne. The rail's out three metres, and we might be on a good four, but there's a little rain around. What's the track going to do, mate? i got no idea, Salts. It is... <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I've looked at that, and mate, I don't know. It's, there's, there's more ambiguity around Cranbourne, and the fact that it's you go going out of town as well on a on a big Saturday here. I'm baffled that it's even plus three metres for the Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why. I, I don't know true. why it's true. You get one Saturday a year, come on, Cranbourne. So that's the opening point. And the second yeah. bit is when you're looking and you're doing your form on a Wednesday night and the forecast is one to sixteen mil, like come on. What's that yeah, even mean? Yeah, un- unfortunately as well. So like Saturday's one pardon me, Friday's one to four mil. That's nothing. Like they'd they'd rather four mil than they don't have to irrigate too much but the saturday it says afternoon evening saturday so we're just not quite sure we need to sort of wait um we'll we'll have a clearer picture about the the forecast by sort of tomorrow and you'll be proud of me too mate because i've looked at the breeze and it's 15 to 20 k south turning southwesterly later in the day which will be a bit of a head headwind from the shoot but not enough to affect races so i'm expecting that to be pretty pretty good across the course of the day mate yeah, I like that, mate. Well, race number two is where you're going to open things up. It's a three-year-old open handicap, the Frankston Sand and Soil and Minimax, if you don't mind. You're like a resumer here coming off a wet track ring last preparation for the Freedmans. Yeah, and it was a real eye-catcher, wasn't it? To speak of peace treaty. Scored up 750, she has. One career start back in May. That was on a heavy 10, and she was green as the grass she was running on, wanted to lay in a little underneath Bo Mertens. 
once he flicked the uh, whip into his left hand, she responded well and finished off like a, a real nice filly with above average ability. She was tipped out after that, only takes improvement coming into her second prep. I think she's a nice bet because some of the others that are in that race, I speak of Brave Mead, who's the class runner, gives the rest of the field a fair bit of weight. Deep into his prep, um, 1,600 metres back to 1,400, now back to 1,200. Yeah, it's a, weird it's a strange setup. Run I along mean, very fast tempo last yeah. start. That, that race was a really good example that there was a bias. Mm, you trust the camp, but at 260, no thanks. Wigan was great, um, one of your former mm. um, favourites. He's come a long way, the, chi- the Chieftain, if you don't Chief, mind. The Chief Wigan. <laughs> Old Muscles Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> Big Wheels Wigan had the blinkers go on first time last start at the straight and said, see you later, buddy. Um, so, yeah, Wigan's racing Wigan's racing um, well. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, beating Barber, Jewel Bay has to turn the tables on him. So I think Peace Treaty is a really nice price, seven fifty, and I'm willing to take um, – her that she's going to make an enormous improvement and another big step up this preparation, mate. Peace Treaty in the second there for forty seven fifty on top sport, if you don't mind. A little bit of value there. Race five's the next play. It's a benchmark 70, over a 1,000 metres. You're like a home tracker here for the Bedge Good Camp. Yeah, if there's a little bit of give in the track and we get into the soft range, then Nasrawi, I reckon, is an each-way bet. Sort of, I think 16 bucks, 460 You might want to check those prices on top sports. So I've got them up here, have... mate. There's actually been some support. There has been a scratching of sparring, which has taken a bit out. So you're, you're currently looking at top sport 11 and 330 yeah, with the I, pinner on board. Yeah, we're in with pin, the great man. I, mm-hmm. he's, uh, I listened to him, actually, um, on radio with Matty Stewart. Uh, yesterday, and he's got a little bit of cheek about him. He seems like um, a good fella. Yeah, the the pinner. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Nasrawi, last start, four wide, no cover, punched a headwind at Seymour, had every right to tire. This is a different setup, drawn soft in two. Uh, pin claim, I reckon he'll, he'll kick up and lead or box seed in an open race. And if there's a bit of rain about, that's only going to enhance his chances. So just a small each way play in race five if that rain comes. Race seven, it's a benchmark 84 over the 2025. You like a couple here. One of them is a horse that slept punters down a few times this preparation. I noticed Greg Alemo, the bubble cheeker near side, goes on first time. He was had a tendency to lay in last start at uh, Flemington. The earmuffs stay on, on him for race day, but a, a little bit of a two-bet play for you in this. Maybe a two-bet play at this stage, ooh, but ooh. we'll be betting Greg Alemo and... Uh, yeah, we've seen the vision of him um, there on Oaks Day, walking through the uh, the nursery, hardly being able to stand up with his arched back. <laughs> he had a pretty rough... sort of Mr. Bean sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was. He um he actually had free he had free catering for the entire day on Oaks Day in the nursery. So um, the bubble cheek has been applied. Apparently, he's cleaned himself up a bit since that run. Um, he gets two and a half kilos on Holy Man's from that race, where he really did throw it away, didn't he? he did so much wrong so um there's a couple other things in his favor too he's gone back up in trip so that was 1800 meters that race at flemington goes back up beyond 2000 all his best european form is over 2000 meters that's a big tick and the fact that he's drawn one as well with jai mcneil so 
you know, he gets to the center of the Flemington track and he's sort of got nothing to guide him home. Perhaps a rails mm. run and having something there as well, I think will only assist him. So I think he's he's better than these and I reckon he's a good bet, Greg Alimo. And the other one, and I, I popped this in last night, it's probably looking less likely as a bet, but number four, St. Bathans, like he's going okay and it's a complete wait and see bet just if there's any big rain that hits and who knows what the weather really does. But he's running well and just has that, unsuitable conditions for him. If you actually look through his heavy form and his figures, he, he could smack He's anything. Yeah, he could smack anything here on a big on a heavy track. But I don't think we'll get that far. But just one to one to monitor Salty. Well you can get three bucks forty for Greg Alemo on top sport and St. Bathens, not just yet, we'll wait and see, but the, he's at a big price, twenty dollars. I will say Froggy knew it said that he should have led last start. He handed up the lead on St. Bathens at Caulfield and it was race over. So on the backup, I'd expect him to be really positive on Saturday should he present there. Let's just have a quick look at the cup while we're here mm. as well. The feature on the program. We've got the Apache Cut in race eight, but we'll skip that. Race nine is the Cranburn. Cup, it's an open handicap, a listed race over sixteen hundred meters. What did what did you make of Foxy Cleopatra coming up favourite? Yeah, good. Priced on ability, priced on improvement, no mm. doubt. Yeah. Um, Trent Bussardon made some really you know big claims this week yep. on radio. Said best reckons best nag in his stable, which is a huge call. So um, obviously the stable have got an enormous opinion of Foxy Cleopatra. Um, I haven't really delved into the race too much, yeah. to be honest, mate. I, I didn't, I couldn't really find an angle just in my early sort of look at it. Um, Foxy Cleopatra was the one um, improvement to be had. You can get four twenty the the price. I, I'm really intrigued around Just Folk, who's third. Yeah, if the um, rain comes. Yeah, third up as well for um, Gavin Bedgegood, hometown. Um, yeah, it's his third career start for him after switching from the Julius stable. He's been a ripper of a horse, just folks. So, um, and then here to shock as well. Like I've sort of got a bit of a blanket over a few of those. So, I'll um I'll continue to monitor, but it's not like it's it's not jumping off the page as me as a as a race I really want to bet in, mate. No, I have looked at this race as well, and I'm I'm thinking I'm going to leave it alone. I thought she come up perhaps a bit too short, like you said, priced on 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 potential upside second up um you know she was good first up at at um flemington but second up long spell she's clearly got some talent but there's some fit horses here as well that have ratings to the winning standard that she'd actually need to improve to meet up at as well so yeah a bit 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 of water going on the bridge net between now and then at cranbourne as well now it was remiss of me off the top to not say specs four states because we're actually heading over to the city of churches you've got a bit of a smash and grab there mate yeah, I do. It's in race seven. The Guitra series final there, mate. They've got a series final day in Adelaide. I think it's a good day. Mm. I've, I've only really cast my eye over a couple of races, and this one stood out to me. It's over 1,200 metres. Horse here, Celsius Star, 5 bucks 50 Been one of ours in the past, actually, um, Celsius Star. Mm. Oh, I think he looks a nice bet at the price. Um, a lot of things falling into his favour third up. So first up, he ran here in a race won by Cumin over 1,050 metres, this track. Kayla opted to just sneak him back behind the speed. That was obviously being first up because um, Cumin wanted to go. Didn't take up that customary leading role. He was taking ground off Cumin late. Cumin won that race. Meets him three and a half kilos better off at the weights today and out to 1,200. I think that's a tick for him. Last start, he ran second to Sharipa, who's a bloody good horse. And 
I'm not sure if it was a little inconclusive given the track conditions and the bias at Caulfield with Sharipa and how well that form's been franked. But Mm -hmm. running second to Sharipa reads well for a race like this. And there's a fair bit of rain around in Adelaide as well, Salt. So getting his toe in is only going to help him. From his seven starts on soft going, he's had four wins in two seconds. So um, there's a few things in Celsius Stars' favourite. 550 and you're looking at cumin 260 i've got them far closer in the market yeah, you can get 550 as you mentioned for celsius star on top sort for phil stokes and our girl kayla crowther in the saddle just gonna have a quick look at kembla grange now i've had a look at that meeting as well so the track conditions there the rail is true but it's going to be wet um so how much rain they get on friday and and in particular race day is going to have an impact but it won't take much to get that track into the soft range just digressing for a moment with Kem Lagrange, I'm bloody excited to get up there, Salts. We've got to we've mm. got to book a trip ASAP to go and see Sizzamy Timbers and the Great Beach oh, Beer. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. The goal we'll get some good weather. I think it's a week. I think it's a business trip, Salts. To we probably oh, to ride we probably we probably timed it poorly. We could have probably gone up for the gong, but no, um, I'm pretty busy, mate. Yeah, pretty so, busy. Mate. We'll get some time off. I've got a bus yeah, weekend, yeah. mate, so I'm pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> programs to host, mate. But just quickly back on that track, what is forecast at Kembla is a strong northerly, and when it's windy there, you better play, you better hold on to your hat, James, James Cummings, because it, it might blow off. Because that northerly, it's a strong tailwind in the straight. There's actually a 1,000 and 1,200 metre shoot at Kembla Grange. So you're going to want to be on speed from those sprint races and have a little bit of cover in the circle races, and I expect they do get off the fence lanes five plus in running should that rain come as predicted. Hey, um, race number three, you want to have a look at it. It's a benchmark 78, 1,200 metres. You're sort of just pondering around whether you're going to pull the trigger on uh, one of these or not. Mate, I'm desperate to pull the trigger on one, and it's the three with your blessing. But unfortunately, the eight contemporary who did beat with your blessing home last start is also a dual acceptor, paying $6.50 in the last, going to 1,400 metres, which it kind of looks like he might be looking for. But if they happened to come up together in this race, oh, I'm going to back um, with your blessing regardless. But I just need to wait and see what happens with that mm. favourite. But um, blinkers on. Um Wet track, no issue. In fact, wet track, probably a bonus. And like I mentioned from that shoot start, wind at his back, there's not a great deal of other speed in the race. I expect him to go forward for Josh Parr, be hard to beat. We just need to see where Contemporary ends up. It's an absolute two-putt par for Josh Parr in race three at the Grange. Um, race number seven is the gong, the feature on the car. Mm. I haven't looked at this. I, this has been some of the poorest preparation by the units of it i've ever seen in my life but Mate, sometimes you, you just you get racing bring that. you just fake it yeah sometimes you just get racing fatigued mate and i feel That's like what this week want to hear yeah oh We're mate, up and about. true i've done the form watch me sell it all right let's go race number seven uh is the gong you're all over this race though i just haven't touched kembla that's where i'm coming from yeah um, Kieran wanna... Mart and david eustace are taking one there mate who yeah, has had a bit of a run of outs this prep in Detonator Jack and sort of got a got a pretty solid SP profile and could feature here in a big one. Yeah, I've got to watch him. I uh, just want to see what the track is doing. I'm not going to pull the trigger on this until the day. But he's back in distance from 1,800 metres in the five diamonds, which was a sit sprint. He, he couldn't quicken. Uh, his last 200 metres, though, was the fastest of the race. But Blinkers go on first time, back to 1,600 metres suits. So that looks to be his pet trip and a bit of wet's going to help him. 
looks like he's really sort of settled in in New South Wales now too. I, th- I thought he was just sort of popping up there, but he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. popped back the jack. Um, so they're your two sort of potential plays at the Grange Salts. Mm. We've got to feature the Group One because there's a pissing contest at hand at the moment, which you're cleaning up in. Mm. Um, but Beery's going to have to sell one of his stables to make up his debt to get back into this contest because he's absolutely lagging behind. Um, in terms of this Group One, it's it's really interesting. There's a few factors that are coming into play here in terms of the weather. So the whole meet's been pushed back over at Ascot. It's 38 degrees on Saturday, which is absolutely outrageous. So I think it's five o'clock our time the meet's kicking off over at Ascot this weekend. Um, The market's gravitating towards the Raiders, but what we've learned about this particular race, particularly over the last few years, is that locals actually dominate this race. So Grant and Alana Williams, they've won four of the past six with Galaxy Star, Regal Power, Inspirational Girl and Western Empire. Um, then we saw Colin Webster's Tricks of the Trade win it last year, who returns again this year. You got Tuvalu and Roots, who are the Raiders that are right in the market. And Al Safina is the Grant and Alana Williams local that's the other runner in single figures, shares favoritism with Tuvalu. I reckon it's a great little race. And I think there's a few angles here, Salts, that I'm going to sort of look at and play and get involved in the pissing contest because the speed looks strong in this race. So you've got Maricino, Comfort Me and Massimo, who have all drawn out. And they're going to push across and they're going to pressure Tuvalu. So Jamie, um, she's going to want to go forward with Tuvalu and likely dictate that's what he does best. And he's got the class here, but he gives a fair bit of weight to some of these runners here. I, I think I'm going to, I'm really want to take on a couple of these um, Raiders in Tuvalu and Roots, who was very good last start in the hot Danish. And I, I want to side with our Safina, um, the local, uh, for Willie Pike and Alana Williams, who's just a mare that's on an upwards trajectory at the moment. Has a tendency to get back like a lot of their runners. That's how they that's how they train them. That's what they do. But third up, out to the mile, drops from 59 to 53 under handicap conditions. Is well and truly settled in over there. Um, so I think the heat's got to come in and be a factor there somewhere. That that must unsettle these Raiders. I like they've drawn seven set for this. So Al Safina is going to be my main play. And then uh, comfort me at a big price. I think some 23 bucks on top sport might get you to check that salts. But... He's um he's yeah, big price. Reese Radford trains. He actually won the race back in 2017 with great shot. His last two starts, they've been minor placings at group three and group two level. They were over 1,400 metres um, and they were under set weights and weight for age conditions. So dropped six kilos here at 54 for handicap um, conditions. Drawn wide, I think can push forward and is worth an each way play at a big price. So our Safina, comfort me. Pissing contest wise, I'm going to go 60 bucks Al Safina, 20 bucks each way, comfort me. That is the Group 1 railway stakes for me, brother. No bet for me in the pissing contest, but very well surmised there. You can get uh, $4.80 about Al Safina on um, Top Sport and, and comfort me at a big price too, $20 drawn out there in the car park too if you're inclined to play. She's an absolute mouthful, Asafina, saying that 20 times real fast. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> um, oh, mate, do we have a special guest for Unit of the Week this week? Well, um, I might introduce him just after the stinger. Unit. 
unit of the week time. And if you had a Hall of Fame unit of the week and you had to have some of Twitter's greatest, what do I call them, analysts, greatest contributors come to the unit of the week, who would be top tier for you? Probably Richie Callender. <laughs> well, we're not too far off. <laughs> Um, guess again. <laughs> you get three um, strikes. Who else have we got? Um, GP, maybe? Yeah, you golden? got it, mate. It oh. is the golden. I figured we could get him back because he, he sort of, in terms of being able to nominate again, because he got his previous Twitter account completely um, permanently suspended and mm. he's coming on a new account. I've given him a new lease on the yeah, life no, as, that's, as well. We, we did find um, a loophole in the rules. Uh, <laughs> our legal team has found a loophole, so we've got a return <laughs> return caller. Yeah, well, it's in the stewards protest report as well. He's <laughs> golden patty. Units, let's be honest, we're absolutely scraping the bottom of the barrel when you're looking at me for a winner. Last time we teamed up, I think all three of us fell into uh, passive-aggressive at Caulfield, jumped $1.90, and we borderline sent her into retirement for the first time. <laughs> anyway, looking ahead, where I'll be going on Saturday to have my $200 win bet is Ascot, race seven, and none other than William Pike to hopefully get Keshi Boom home. Uh, last time it met Super Smink. Admittedly, it had a four-kilo weight pull in its favour, However, the uh, manner in which Keshi Boom went past Super Smink like it was glued to the floor. Since then, Keshi Boom has had a run at the mile as well and absolutely toyed with her rivals. Uh, there's nothing to suggest Super Smink's going to be any better over a mile than it was over a 1,400 distance when it was uh, stopping late last start. And I think uh, hopefully Pike can return me to the winner's circle. Anyway, thanks for having me on and uh, good luck and go well, gents. Pretty G-rated from GP, wasn't it? I like it. He, well, he's respected the clean rating. That's fair. Nah, it's no, it's a good too point. much editing. Yeah, because yeah, we we constantly respect the clean rating here at uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> here at two units. So he's on Keshi Boom in the WA Guineas, more like Keshi Bang. Am I right, Salts? Um, <laughs> that's extraordinary. Four four starts, four wins. Keshi Boom beaten rivals. Super Smink and two ninety. Not even favourite. Stealing, like stealing money, Golden. Giving he's, he's full Robin Hood. He's stealing it and he's giving it to charity in terms of racing hearts. So thanks for that, uh, mate, and thanks for Top Sport for supporting that um, segment as always uh, in Unit of the Week. It's two units time now, Salty Boy, and uh, my best bet, we'll go back to Cranbourne. It's race three. It's the Rosemont Stud, Phillies and Mares pendant over 1,400 metres, and I'm siding with Kazoo. At the short quote, 220-230, top sport, looks mighty hard to beat off what she produced first up. That was over 1,200 metres, 78 grade at Randwick. Uh, profiles to take improvement second up. Maps to be the clear leader in a race with average speed. Bit of sting out of the ground won't hurt her. It's pretty straightforward. I think she's a really good bet. There's a fair bit of giddy up about that. That's uh, well sold, mate. Well sold. Thanks, Very mate, confident. Yeah. Hey, my best bet of the weekend, um, I'm off to Wodonga Friday. Mate, I'm going to be there trackside tomorrow, and I like one in race number two for the Dale Stable in, in Manor Law. Um, a horse that ran well on debut, ran a good figure, fought back, nearly beat Material Dreams. That horse then went and, and subsequently won two since, and a Coralwood trial was terribly, terribly sneaky. Um, 
I'm hoping to kick off our weekend in uh, fine style should he salute uh, race two, number three at Wodonga. So if you're listening on Friday morning, you're going to get all around this. And if you're listening on Friday night, you're going to go back and check your results and you're going to hope that it's lost and laugh if it did. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand up if you haven't done that. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> uh, there's... It's been a strange old show, so it's because we've had foot specs and we've had our first ever two units best bet at Wodonga. So there's <laughs> been some real milestones and our first ever Andrew Dale runner, I'm pretty sure that's probably ever been tipped on the show too. So mm. um, now nah, well done, four bucks eighty on Top Sport, Manor, Law, Lockie, King Rides, one forty five on Friday. Um, mate, this has been the upside down edition of Two Units Potty, and I haven't minded it. It's been a bit of fun. I hope we've, I hope we can find some winners and and tip them in, uh, tip our listeners in because they bloody deserve it after a tough spring. Let's be honest. Mm. Oh, absolutely, mate. Um, it's been a good show. Foot specs might need to make a, a regular appearance. There we go. I reckon I'll get champed and chiefed 400 more times if that ever happens. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be praying for the Sultan to come back. But it has been fun, mate. Um, hey, good luck at Wodonga tomorrow, Gold, Gold Cup Day. I'm sure you'll have a ball up there. Are you hanging around and going to Kilmore on Sunday? Yeah, I'm, I'm staying in Mount Beauty. I don't even know if nah, Yeah, I'm staying other. in Mount Beauty and Kilmore's on, on the way back to Melbourne. Three hours on the way back. I'll drive there in the morning. But yeah, a, a good weekend of Country Cups for me this week, mate. Not, you know I love a Country Cup. I can't wait to get to Wodonga in particular and, and hope that the rain holds off that's predicted to come sort of later in the day. When do you get gifted your Akubra? Like how many Country Cups do you have to go to to then purchase or get given an Akubra? Yeah, so I haven't gone public with this, but um, I've actually put up a GoFundMe to get myself in a, in a Kubra, so I'm not sure if you want to contribute. But, um, yeah, I, I will, but I'll buy, also buy you some green RMs. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <laughs> mate. Green RMs. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, enjoy, uh, enjoy the country cups, Sultan, and uh, have a good weekend. And <laughs> listeners, uh, happy punting wherever you're doing that from, and we'll be back in your ears next week on the two minutes potty. Have a great weekend.